Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back after that break. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 and this is Parenting Hour. We're here with you this evening with two lovely health visitors. We've got Alice and Sophia and we're talking all about health visiting during pregnancy in the antenatal time and the importance of that and of seeing each mum to be and dad and the whole family between the 28 and 34 week period. And we asked you earlier on to ring in or to email in if you've got any questions or any queries. So I'll just give you those numbers again, which is 0121 and the email is studio at unityfm.net. We did also mention just there before the break to get a pen and paper ready because this Saturday, the 7th, Saturday the 7th of January, in our offices and approachable parenting offices in George Street, 2228 George Street, the Innovation Development Centre, we have a little tea party between 11.30 and 1. And that's an open tea party for anybody that's pregnant that can come and see our health visitors and have a conversation with them of either something that comes out of today's show or something else you might think about. And also to meet midwives, midwives from the home birth team, to talk to them, to ask them questions, to get to know them as well. So this is an opportunity for anybody that would like to drop in to George Street, which is in B12 9RG. You don't need to be living in the catchment area. You can be from the other side of Birmingham and come to it because we know this is an opportunity, a free opportunity. There's no cost to this. We're just trying to put on this service for you, for you to be able to come to a venue, sit down, relax, have a cup of tea, coffee, a drink of juice, drink of water if that's what you like, and have these professionals at your fingertips to have a chat to them. And it is our pleasure to be able to do that. So please pass on this information to anybody you know that is pregnant and it's for mums and dads to come in. If you're not able to stay for the whole hour and a half, you just can come for 10 minutes. That's fine. We would just like to have this available for you to be able to drop in to meet these professionals. We also deliver pregnancy programs for for zero to three, which we'll talk a little bit later on about when we're going to talk about uh, the importance of the antenatal visit as well, which links in. But we would be able to give you some information about those programs that are also starting soon that you can attend also, which links into a topic that we're going to come back to again. But before the break, Sophia, we we stopped on the labour and the birth and pain relief and you are going to talk just a, talk a little bit more about that before we've, I know we've lots of things to cover and time runs out and very quickly on this show. So let us just cover that for the uh, next couple of minutes and then we will move on to, to some other topics that we really want to try and cover also if you don't mind. Sorry for rushing you Sophia. <laughs> That's fine Kathleen. I mean um, again one of women's biggest um, concerns um, whilst approaching birth is the um, anxiety around coping with pain Mm-hmm. and um, the pain of labour and birth. Um, and, you know, these are quite justifiable fears and valid fears. So, you know, it's associated with, you know, feeling hurt. So, you know, our job is to kind of reassure them around managing that pain. Yeah. And there are, you know, quite a few choices um, about, you know, you know, that women can, you know, make decisions about managing that pain in labour. And, um, we've, we've spoken a lot about it over the last few weeks now about that. But if you can just yep. refresh listeners' minds, because they might, you know, a few weeks ago they mightn't have been pregnant, and now they found out that they are pregnant, or now it's getting near the the, the birth time, you know, come near the due date, and they're thinking a little bit more about this. So if you can just revise sure. a few things that's available for sure. them. 
So again, Kathleen, just to stress, really, there are no right or wrong choices. Mm. It's whatever choice makes them Excellent. feel comfortable. Excellent. Lovely that you've made this. Um, this, this so Sophia, it's what right. You. It's what what suits the woman, yeah. basically. So, for example, there's gas and air, known as entonox, mm-hmm. and um, or also also commonly known as laughing gas, and, <laughs> um, which again, hopefully, the intention is to relax them and yep. relax those muscles. Yeah. And um, you know, it works by altering the perception of pain rather than anaesthetizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, its effect um, is delayed so the woman needs to begin uh, inhaling it as soon as uh, the contraction begins mm-hmm. and it's important that she takes four or five breaths so the effect doesn't does not continue between contractions mm-hmm. um, there's also the tens machine mm-hmm. uh, which is basically you know um, electrical stimulation nerve stimulation mm-hmm. and and again it's been around for for many many years um, mm-hmm. to treat all kinds of muscle injury mm-hmm. and back pain mm-hmm. and the way that this machine or device works it emits um, um, small pulses that block pain messages that we receive mm-hmm. um, being sent to the brain yeah. and by the uterus and cervix as well as stimulating the release of endorphins which are the um, the natural pain relief that um, you know the brain c- can emit so yeah. TENS works in a very similar way to that and um, it's you know um, it also involves um, using electrodes um, self-adhesive electrodes are you know being placed on the back yeah. um, which are connected by wires um, to um, handheld control so the mother is in full control of yes, you know, the strength boxes that you just carry around with them and things like that is yeah. brilliant yeah. 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 so very practical yeah. uh, nobody needs to know that you've actually you, you're using, using the TENS yeah, machines yeah. Mm. Um, there's also the option of pethidine mm-hmm. uh, which is a morphine derived drug mm-hmm. um, that works to alter your perception of pain and is more of a sedative than a mm a painkiller yeah this is administered uh as an injection by the midwife and um so and again it can be used intermittently uh depending on you know how much you know every woman has their own threshold for pain so um for some it takes longer for some they might need it more often so again it's monitored by the midwife um there's also the uh, epidural mm-hmm. um, this is an injection and it involves an anesthetizing drug given through a catheter which is a fine tube inserted in between the two spine uh, spinal vertebra mm-hmm. um, again this is administered by a medical specialist and mm-hmm. uh, but it can't be used at home mm-hmm. um, and once in place can be topped up as required mm-hmm. um, so it, it's kind of you know making sure that you know women are able to make informed decisions and they yeah. can weigh up mm-hmm. all the um, advantages of dan- and disadvantages of all the pain relief methods and um, you know it, and just letting them know that it's available if they need it but yeah. you know again tradition will, will yes. say that you know women have got the ability to actually manage them mm-hmm. but it's there if they need it yeah. really and we know we've been talking about this the misconceptions for for some of the pain relief that for example if you have an epidural that means that you can't deliver normally and I, one of our doctors was here trying to overcome these misconceptions the last one of the last shows that we had on before Christmas so it's it's good if people want to know more about information about these pain relief they come along they could come along on Saturday and you're going to be there on Saturday and able to talk to them about the different types of pain relief and what's best for them that's something that you'll be and it's a, the best specialist for this would be the midwives mm. because they have a birthing plan mm-hmm. so if they go to the midwives and discuss it further this is mm. my birth plan but you can always amend your birth plan it doesn't mean you mm. have to stick to it yes um, and um, yeah always best people to speak to is your midwives we're always there to offer but the specialists in this area would be the midwives mm-hmm. 
and they have a lot more information because they work in this area, they work in the clinical area, yep. and they see this as on a daily basis and they can provide that reassurance mm. and assistance as required. Brilliant. So, yeah. again, we're going to have midwives there on Saturday. Yeah. So, another opportunity to come to talk to midwives about that. So, these are the things, that, common things, and I can see pain and labour and birth that people get a little bit worried about mm. this, and this is what they, where they want more information ar- around that. What else may be that comes up that you talk about to to parents at, during that visit? Mm-hmm. What else Commonly asked questions from um, which I come across is breastfeeding. Breastfeeding, right? Yeah. So there's always a debate going on about mm. breastfeeding and formula feeding, and mm-hmm. you know, parents are you know, what shall we? Um, we're not sure. We're thinking about breastfeeding. A lot of parents want to do the best. Most of the parents, mm. every parent wants to do the best mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. can for their child. Mm-hmm. So they will think, oh, breastfeeding, formula feeding, and you know how do we do it what do we do what is it so let's start off with what is breast milk Mm. Um, breast milk is not just a food it has many other properties which Mm -hmm. help babies to develop Mm -hmm. it is best to be acknowledged that breastfeeding itself is not just the action of giving babies nutrition Mm -hmm. um, but the benefit of the ingredients breastfeeding involves comforting babies expressing love and it's not just a one-way delivery system Mm. It's an interaction between mom and baby. And a lot of people forget that. You yeah. know, they just think the breastfeeding is about feeding the baby to stop crying. Mm-hmm. But look at you've put a whole new picture on this. It's yeah. a relationship It's building. a relationship building, which mm. is physical and emotional. Mm. Um, some of the elements of breastfeeding are um, the colostrum. So that's the first milk that comes out yeah. in the first few days. And the breast produces this substance, which is essential for baby's growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rich mixture of proteins, vitamins, anti-ineffective agents uh, that help the newborn through the first days of life is small in quantity but very high in quality um, and that's just what the baby needs mm-hmm. breast milk also uh, contains transfer factors uh, which help the baby to absorb nutrients in breast milk um, the most well-known transfer factor helps to absorb iron which is called lactoferrin it also absorbs excess iron in the body, mm-hmm. um, discouraging the bacteria growth when you get excess iron in the body. Formula milks, there is no lactoferrin, mm-hmm. so extra iron is added to the formula, but much less is absorbed by babies. Mm. Um, we also have enzymes in breast milk which aid digestion, for example, and the uh, digestion of fat, so it helps baby absorb We've got hormones such as the thyroid stimulating hormone and growth hormones that support babies' immature systems to cope with the challenges of life outside the womb. Mm-hmm. You've got the living white blood cell transfer from mm-hmm. mom, uh, the baby's defense system against infection. These are made in response to any infection that the mother has been exposed to as well. Mm-hmm. So when mom has ever been immunized or she has had an infection, you have uh, your white blood cells that are produced in response. And those actually go, they go to, through the breast milk to the baby. So they protect the baby against any disease that mom might have been exposed to when she was young. Wow, yeah. look at all of that. So, so it's yeah. no wonder that the Islamic yes, faith yeah. is promotes yes. breastfeeding, subhanAllah, yeah. you know, all of that in just the one milk we, yeah. subhanallah when you think of yeah. that and that that's ideally for ideal for the child it the baby the right temperature and always there yeah. on tap I've heard of something recently about that they've done some tests that even the breast milk is different uh, for boys and girls that Ooh. that yes that they've done some tests yeah. that there's a difference so there's a lot we need to know about breast there milk there is yeah. Yeah. I've heard about genes mm-hmm. that there is there's evidence to say that there are genes so when you give breast milk mm-hmm. there is a transfer of genes mm-hmm. to from the mom 
to the baby. Mm. So, yeah, which is quite recent. So, uh-huh. yeah. You've got all other stuff as well. But something that I really want to talk about is um, how does it work? Mm. So hormones, mm-hmm. they regulate the body systems. And there's two major hormones in regulating mm. um, lactation, uh, which are prolactin and oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Um, prolactin governs the milk production mm-hmm. and oxytocin moves the milk from the cells where it's produced in the ducts for the baby to suckle on. Mm-hmm. Oxytocin is also known as a love hormone. Mm. Yeah, so baby and mom both get that mm. hormone. Yeah, every mother comes with ideas of what good mothering and um, mm. has expectations of how her baby will behave. Mm. Mothers also have partners and families with expectations, mm. because the UK has far for a, for a long time not been very breastfeeding friendly society. Mm. Uh, many expectations can clash. Yeah. Uh, with the reality of breastfeeding. Um, the information we give, the more we can inform others of what the experiences are and what mm-hmm. the best thing is. Um, there is no normal biological pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing with breastfeeding. There should not be an expectation that you baby will sleep for three hours mm-hmm. after having big, all the feed. Yeah, yeah. Because with breast milk, once a baby's had a feed, um, the milk is used up and it just comes out. So baby might just poo some mm-hmm. of it out because it's just absorbed where it needs to be. Mm. Whereas the formula milk is quite heavy and it stays in the digestive system longer. So mm. the baby sleeps for longer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some mothers think, oh, my baby's hungry often is not getting enough breast milk. Yeah. The more that they suckle, the more they will get yeah. and the more the body will produce. Yeah, exactly. Isn't yeah. it lovely? Demand, yeah. demand meets supply. Or supply meets demand. Supply meets <coughs> demand. And it's also, I mean, it's mentioned in the Quran that as Muslim mothers... The option to breastfeed is strengthened by the Quran to breastfeed up to the age of two, yep. which is in Surah Al-Baqarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is also a huge gift and blessing within from the Lord. However, while breastfeeding is the most <coughs> natural and rewarding aspect of having a baby, it does not come naturally to all. Mm. And you do get problems because we uh, we do, especially first because there has been a big gap. There's been a generation where there hasn't been breastfeeding mm. and there's been a lot of formula feeding. Mm. And then now there's an intake of more breastfeeding. And yeah. then those mothers then can't pass <coughs> on that knowledge from their own <coughs> generation because it's been lost. Yeah. So they're not able to support moms as much. That is uh, true. I mean, there's a lot of um, the older generation maybe didn't know about it. You know, I remember when I was breastfeeding my children, my mother didn't breastfeed me or any of my siblings. Yeah. And was saying, oh, how do you know they're getting enough? They don't mm. seem to be feeding enough. Mm. How do you, you know? And very worried about like what you just mentioned. Yeah. However, whatever the challenge is, the numerous benefits of breastfeeding really support others in continuing with breastfeeding. But where medical reasons or certain circumstances make it difficult for a mother to breastfeed, you have to try your best to put your trust in the Lord. So, you know, sometimes it just won't work or there's a medical issue mm, mm-hmm. that, you know, you do need to. But you can always express a feed, but, you know, you still need that stimulus for baby suckling on you to yeah. be able to produce enough milk. But you can still produce with, you know, expression, mm. expressing milk and storing it. So, mm. you know, I wouldn't, you know, if there's a medical reason, please, you know, don't worry about it, so yeah. that it overtakes your, you know, your emotional health. Just let it be and just trust your Lord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but the message is that, you know, there is, it's good for baby. It's not because yeah. of traditional that um, we people were told that, oh, you don't know how much they're getting and things yeah. like that, that you should try, yeah. even if you just do it for a few weeks, it's mm. better than not doing Nothing, it at all. Yeah. So it's really The good Department <coughs> of Health guidelines are the, at least breast, exclusively breast, breastfeed until up to six months, mm. and then you start weeding mm. alongside breastfeeding. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and in the Quran it says two years. Yeah. 
which yeah. uh, which our faith is, is great. All the, yeah. We probably will find out more benefits over the next few years, the next yeah. 10 years, 20 years, which we didn't know about, which is already yeah. in the Quran, it, it encouraged us to, to breastfeed. Yeah. I just want to ask a little bit about guidelines, Sarah, because I know they always keep changing and, you know, we were told to feed one side and one breast and then start another side and then people are worried about hind milk and all of this. And So what do you think now is, what's the most recent guidelines? I mean, so for example, Kathleen, what the um, the WHO guidelines are, which are the World Health Organization and Baby Friendly um, Organization um, recommend, is that um, you know it's really important that, like you said, even if mothers attempt um, to breastfeed, um, it, it's it's just starting on either the left breast or the right breast, but just making sure whichever breast you start on, try and basically empty that breast mm-hmm. and um, and then once you feel that you've emptied that breast then you can start on either whether it was the left or the right so it's alternative mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than you know I don't know if I've you know completely emptied it or it's yeah. just you know you know the guidelines state that you know breastfeed can take between up to from five minutes mm-hmm. up to 40 minutes so it's just reassuring to moms to know that so long as they've been able to hear the baby suckle making all those mm-hmm. sounds mm-hmm. the cheek movement the jawline the eyes and eyes are open mm-hmm. These are reassuring signs and confirmation for the mom that the baby's having a really good breastfeed and and, and getting the right amount. And getting the right milk and the right amount. So you you finish off one breast, you drain it, and then you move on. And if there's another feed... You don't, like I've, I've come across parents that say, we always have to start with our right side because, you know, our right side is the best. But it's not like this for so breast milk. Right. You know, mothers yeah. need to empty, make sure that they're emptying out each side and uh, to ensure that the child, baby is getting everything. Absolutely. Wonderful. That, that's uh, really good and reassuring but for us. Babies <laughs> let you know, Kathleen, because when they've had enough, you know, they've got tiny little bellies. Yeah. They let go. And uh, so it's really important important to explain this to moms mm-hmm. that you know it's only the size of a tiny little tennis ball their, mm-hmm. their stomach. So you know they only need a little amount, but uh, but frequent amounts. But frequent, yeah. brilliant. And we mentioned there you touched on which we, I want to come back to about the relationship, because I know this is one of the reasons why you like coming to talk to our. Uh, pregnant mm-hmm. moms as well and building up your relationship with them but breastfeeding there is about building up that relationship mm-hmm. so building up that relationship so that their brain can develop etc mm-hmm. it's having that close contact mm-hmm. with the baby so when they're mm-hmm. breastfeeding that eye-to-eye contact mm-hmm. them being able to hear you they'd be able to see you so you know being so close to you be containment mm-hmm. so babies just love that and moms love that as well when you're bottle feeding there's no reason why you can say when you're bottle feeding you can't have that contact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, as well. mm-hmm. It's just having your baby close to you, that skin-to-skin contact, mm. which just helps. Yeah. Yes. And how else can parents develop that relationship again, with their babies? Again, Kathleen, so, you know, I know we're focusing a lot on the mother, but, mm. you know, again, at the antenatal contact, you know, we, we like to have the fathers, you know, there too, because it's about building that relationship, not only with mom, but also mm. with dad, you know, with their unborn, and stressing the importance of, you know, recognising, you know, the pattern of movements mm. and, you you know, talking to your baby and, mm. you know, kind of... And also, it's an opportunity to discuss any concerns or their expectations or preparing yeah. for parenthood and all these themes that can basically, you know, we can explore um, in the antenatal period about the unborn and developing that relationship, you know, with the unborn because it's, again, like we, we stress, it's a very exciting time, an emotional time <laughs> um, for, you know, the parents to be 
and um, there is a lot of research now out there Kathleen which stresses the importance of building that relationship because it enhances the child's development it enhances baby brain development Mm -hmm. and the more the child is receiving tender touch love affection in a warm safe environment the more that baby brain is developing making connections making connections with their internal world external world so Mm -hmm. really what the evidence is saying is that babies are primed their brains are primed that way ready for that interaction and and you know the the first sense that is developed is the um, the sense of hearing in Mm. in the womb so first of all they recognize mom's voice Mm -hmm. and then if daddy is there they'll also recognize dad's voice the the minute they're born because you know whoever was present during the pregnancy and uh, making that relationship work and also they're attuned to mother's smells Mm -hmm. and uh, and obviously like we said they're they're ready they're hungry for that interaction which is really really important because we teach this in our pregnancy to treat course that listeners I was talking to you earlier about that starting at the end of January we've got a couple of courses starting if you want to find out more information again either ring the studio and they will be able to pass on our details which is double seven two double eight nine two or you could look up approachable parenting online or ring us directly in the office on 0121 773 and book a place on those courses they're eight week courses two hours per week where we go in to talk a lot like what Sophie was just mentioning about brain development because those pathways actually and I was amazed when I first came across this and hearing about the the neurons connecting together every second true to this relationship and building this relationship and I remember seeing two brains I'm sure you've seen the pictures there they've gone around quite a lot in the medical field of a normal three-year-old brain and a three-year-old brain of a child or uh, yes a child young child who didn't have this relationship might have had the food and everything else but didn't have this relationship and the brain being so small compared to the normal brain so what you're just saying there is crucial it's it's very important in terms Mm -hmm. of like you know receiving the appropriate stimulation Mm -hmm. and it all starts with again building that relationship and you know encompassing emotions because the brain rapidly develops in the first three years of life and okay. it's dominated by the emotional development so everything that the child touches feels hears sees stimulates that brain development and mm-hmm. and again enhances their own physical emotional social development so for health visitors at the antenatal contact provides the ideal opportunity to mm-hmm. kind of you know educate parents about this knowledge and and really alleviate their fears or concerns mm-hmm. that their expectations they have mm-hmm. about letting them know that this is what the baby wants you this know, w- exactly yeah. and it starts there when the baby's <laughs> still inside you Absolutely. that relationship as you're saying and mm-hmm. I think for the last few minutes of the show I'm really glad that <laughs> we're getting to that because this is I love talking about this topic and I can see from the smiles on your yes. faces as well the and importance of this is Sophie's favourite topic as well <laughs> yeah. we do need to get this message across to parents the importance of building that relationship <laughs> imagine for that brain developed down the line you know parents are worried about their children later at school how they attain mm-hmm. in school how they do things they forget mm-hmm. that it starts when it's in that womb mm-hmm. and they so need to yeah. build it from from then it's easy for us to think that um, you know a child needs to obviously have their basic needs met but we, mm-hmm. we tend to overlook the emotional side mm-hmm. Kathleen, which again like I said the, the brain is dominated by yep. the emotional element yep. and um, if we can foster this right yep. at the start mm-hmm. we, we're going to put that child in a really mm-hmm. good life course mm-hmm. um, because then they'll learn how to manage 
engage emotions mm-hmm. in a safe environment mm-hmm. and be, being able to mm-hmm. cope with change in, in a safe way and helping them to adapt and be resilient to change or whatever life throws at them really so it, it's kind of getting that really crucial message across yeah. that please you know be open show that love and tenderness which mm-hmm. is what babies crave at the yeah. end of the day they yeah. don't really want anything exactly. else you know? yeah, exactly. it, it's yeah. that love and yeah. pure unconditional love and yeah. attention that fosters that mm-hmm. you know development inside children so it's about if we can help parents nurture those emotions mm-hmm. that child feels emotionally safe to to basically tackle the world that they're living brilliant in. what a lovely message to come toward the end of the show and of course uh, talking about emotions we're also looking at from mom's emotions and dad's mm-hmm. emotions and mm-hmm. that's what health mm-hmm. visitors do as well and you mm-hmm. can offer support and answer any questions they mm-hmm. may have so listeners if you want to find out more information about this approachable parenting offices and that is b12 9rg if you want to become on one of our programs parenting programs please also ring in or email in and put your name down for that program again you have experts there teaching you different concepts over the eight weeks inshallah things that you should know and if you want to meet our lovely health visitors <laughs> mashallah and don't miss out on this opportunity come along on the Saturday or if you're not able to but you want to get that visit that home visit between 28 and 34 weeks please contact your midwife to set up that home mm. visit with, with the health visiting team Inshallah. Yes, please what, do. Please do. It's lovely. What a pleasure having you both here today. Just to add on, there's a lot of support groups out there as well for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So if parents do want to, if they can't contact, if it's a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, you can always get this and you need support. There's a lot of support out there. We do have breastfeeding groups during the weekdays mm-hmm. in Birmingham Community Healthcare. So if they go on our website and you've got all the days on there and the dates, Birmingham uh, Community can Healthcare. Can you give us just the details of your website? Yep, it's Birmingham Community, www.bhamcommunity.nhs.uk and it's in the Patients and Publics, Children and Young Families portal and you've got the breastfeeding drop-in groups there. So we've got a whole set of groups of what days they are. You've also got the breastfeeding national helpline, national breastfeeding helpline, which is 0300 100 0212. And you've got other supported line and you've got um, other languages as well. And the so National Childbirth tr- yeah, Trust. So Brilliant. please do contact them and um, keep it up. Jazakallah, and What wonderful information. Thank you again, Alice. Thank you again, Sophia. Inshallah, listeners, have a good week. Have a good year, inshallah. I know you're all making New Year's resolutions. And may Allah bless you all and your families and keep you all healthy and safe, inshallah. I mean, take care. Assalamu alaikum.